0: Welcome to Hygeia's Bowl, a show by student pharmacists for students and pharmacists. We'll talk about complex topics from a beginner's point of view as we try to navigate life on our own while studying for a PharmD. I'm Joshua, I'm 19, and we are, or I am officially, a sophomore pharmacy student. I don't want to steal your thunder,
1: Katie. <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, I'm Katie, I'm also 19, and I'm also a second-year pharmacy student here at ONU. We are finally back, uh... It's been, a, it's been a long couple of weeks. To recap, uh, we, got, we came back to school mid-August, and it is now late September.
0: Don't know how it's late September already. Yeah,
1: it's just been, I feel like time has flown just because of the level of busy that we both are, but yes. yeah, but we're back, and we're recording again, and we're happy to be here. Um, In the last episode, we talked about, oh my gosh, this seems like so long ago, we talked about my summer job as a freshman (laughs) orientation leader and how we survived our first year of college. So in this episode, we will actually be talking about the FDA in honor of its approval of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. So we are recording this episode, like I said, late September 2021 and It's a month-ish, yeah. Yeah, it
0: was August 23rd. Okay, so
1: almost exactly a month after the FDA approved the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for individuals 16 and older. This is a huge step toward increasing vaccination rates and eventually containing the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Yeah, so before we really jump into the, the meat of this episode... I just want to say that all of this information is coming directly from the FDA's website, which is FDA.gov.
0: And this isn't about the COVID vaccine. This isn't about the Pfizer vaccine or any of the other ones. That was, I really tripped over that. Any of the other ones. (laughs) Um, But we kind of just want to talk about, like, what's the FDA? Why is it so important? Why is it such a Big thing, topic that gets talked about all the time.
1: Right. We are neither expressing approval or disapproval for the COVID-19 vaccination or anything like that. We are just relaying some information that we have researched about this government institution that has been around for far longer than we have. And that is that on that.
0: This is also the first time we are recording face-to-face, not over computers. Oh, that's
1: true. Yeah, so we've done all of our episodes in the past over, like, Google Meet. Yeah. No, Google does not sponsor us if they want to, <laughs> if they can. But we've done all of our uh, uh, recordings over Google Meet. And now this is the – wow, that's – Face-to-face. Like we're face-to-face face for the first time. And that is – not that we haven't, like, met before. <laughs> but like, we know each other very well. And we see each other all the time. But this is the first time we were – Smacked my hand on the table. This is the first time we have recorded an episode in the same room. Yes. Crazy. Okay.
0: All right. So, what is the FDA? S- starting out pretty simple, it stands for the Food and Drug Administration. And their mission statement is directly quoted from their website The Food and Drug Administration is responsible for protecting the public health by ensuring the safety of efficacy, and security of human and veterinarian drugs, biological products, and medical devices, and by ensuring the safety of our nation's food supply, cosmetics, and products that emit radiation.
1: That's, that's, a, that's a mouthful.
0: That's a long mission statement.
1: There, there, yeah, we're going to go through all of the different chunks of the mission statement uh, yes. in this part of the episode, but this first chunk is like the big, the big boy.
0: Yeah. So what it boils down to is they do what the name says, food and drugs. Those are two big categories, and they just want to protect the general safety of the products that we consume or could cause danger to us.
1: I know when I was first learning about the FDA in high school, the thing that really shocked me, I never thought about like cosmetics being under the FDA, but it makes so much sense for cosmetics to be under the FDA. Yeah. Just because it is something that we regularly consume, and a lot of uh, a lot of makeup includes like S- things like SPF or you know any other chemical. But what I think of is like SPF foundation or something like that. You use that, and it technically is a drug. Yeah, the speaking. SPF ones. Like, yeah, yeah it,
0: I hadn't thought about that.
1: Right. I I always would gloss over and just say okay, food and drugs, but like cosmetics kind of fall into the drugs thing. Yeah. So. I think that would be a really cool job. Just an aside, I think it would be a really cool job to work in cosmetics with the FDA. That would be like a, I don't know if I could ever do that, but to be like a chemist in, in like a, a cosmetics lab would be cool. Anyways, next part of the mission statement. Um, the FDA also has responsibility for regulating the manufacturing, marketing, and distribution of tobacco products to protect the public health and to reduce tobacco use by This part's a little bit more in English, but um, regulation of tobacco use for the public, especially for minors. Um, The FDA has a subsection called the Center for Tobacco Products, uh, which is in charge of all of the the functions of this section of the mission statement. So it regulates marketing, provides information, issues, shutdown warnings to unauthorized manufacturers, things like that. Um,
0: Yeah, the FDA is responsible for advancing public health by helping to speed innovations that make medical products more effective, safer, and more affordable, and by helping the public get the accurate science-based information they need to use medical products and foods to maintain and improve their health. Once again, summing it up, (laughs) they want to be a public resource. They don't want to be scary or a controversial topic or a badge on a product label. Their goal is to be an accessible and trustworthy point of contact for the public and and consumers.
1: I think an interesting point to bring up in our uh, fifth class right now, our pharmacy class, where we pull all of our podcast material from, for the most part, uh, we just got done with the drug information section of our curriculum, and we learned about all of the different books and uh, indexes and online resources that we can use to, like, make sound drug choices or if someone asks us a question about a drug we'll know where to look for the answer and two at least two of the books that we looked at were fda books the oh yeah i think it's the orange book and the yellow book oh they have
0: several dr
1: kira is going to be so mad at me i hope she's not <laughs> listening but <laughs> there, the fda has a bunch of like books and resources on their website and in physical copies that uh are not only a, like a public resource, but they're a resource to pharmacists and to drug information specialists who uh, are trying to answer these questions for their patients.
0: Yeah, I know they, I think most of the colored ones are FDA, so right. pink, yellow, and orange. Oh,
1: I hope that she doesn't listen and gets mad at me, oh no! <laughs> Anyways, um, next part of the mission statement. <laughs> okay, the FDA also plays a significant role in the nation's counterterrorism capability. FDA fulfills this responsibility by ensuring the security of the food supply and by fostering development of medical products to respond to deliberate and naturally emerging public health threats. This is a very relevant section of the mission statement. So to sum that up, uh, responding to the intentional and the natural public health threats, um, it's like baseline emergency preparedness and response.
0: Um, so. The way I summed it up was, they stopped the threat of bio threats. This whole thing—that—that that was a yeah. It's bad stopping,
1: it, stopping if they can, but mostly like the counteraction, uh, like formulating drugs and vaccines and tests to defend against the threat. For example, like with COVID nineteen, the yeah. FDA was involved with the formulation of uh, the vaccine, obviously, but also the tests that came about to test for COVID-19, to defend against
0: the threat. I feel like FEMA might tie in kind of with this, too. Yeah. So the FDA covers a lot of bases. They wear a lot of hats. They regulate a lot of different types of things. But it didn't start with them just being in charge of everything. So, Katie, where did they start?
1: I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The FDA formally began with the Pure Food and Drug Act in 1906, but the government had been regulating agricultural products since 1848 through the hello through the Department of Agriculture. That is a mouthful. So <laughs> all of this is mm-hmm. so before that before 1906 with the Pure Food and Drug Act, things were not great, especially in uh, certain industries. Uh, with consumers, with employees, things like that. Uh, coincidentally, the Upton Sinclair novel, The Jungle, came out in the same year as the Pure Food and Drug Act. And that book is advocacy for better working conditions and cleaner food. Shout out to my A-Push class because I read that book in my A-Push class and it traumatized me. Um, it, it, Basically, to sum that up, it's a... It's a novel about a family living in Chicago, very poor family living in Chicago, who are uh, in the meatpacking industry. If you've read it, you know the level of detail that Sinclair goes into with The Jungle. It is not a fun book to read, and it's definitely—I'm just so glad that things are not like that anymore because— (laughs)
0: <laughs> I have not read it. I am not as
1: traumatized. Don't read it. Um sorry, Mr. Bellis. I don't mean to I don't mean to say that, but don't it's not it it really traumatized me. I yeah, just wasn't it wasn't a fun read. But if you really want to get into the history of the FDA and you really want to dig deeper, maybe you can read it. Um I don't recommend reading it because it is disgusting. But um anyways. <laughs>
0: Such disdain.
1: I'll get off my soapbox, but um, the FDA and the Pure Food and Drug Act was pushed by the chief chemist of the USDA Bureau of Chemistry, Harvey Washington Wiley. Um, the FDA has grown to encompass many different areas of public health with developing laws and societal changes. So the laws that were passed uh, preceding the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906, things that regulate drugs further food further the FDA has uh grown and developed with those
0: All right so they oversee drugs and how do they do that though is kind of i think like a mystery that a lot of people don't right. fully have their head around
1: and the drug side of the FDA is really where we're concerned and where we Yeah
0: that's more of our focus. Yeah because
1: we're we're pharmacy students future <laughs> pharmacists and You know, food's great, but we're not going to be that concerned with the food side of things or the cosmetic side of things, darn. But the drugs.
0: So how does a drug get approved? So first, anyone looking to have a drug approved must submit their application to a department in the FDA called the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, or the CDER. And what they do is they oversee prescription and over-the-counter products, and they are the largest of the FDA's six different departments or centers.
1: Rightfully so, I think they should probably be the largest. <laughs> the, the amount of you know submissions that they get is like nuts. Yes. So makes sense.
0: So first, you have to submit what's called a new drug application for prescription, and uh, that's other that's an NDA.
1: Not a non-disclosure agreement. (laughs) new drug application. They
0: they are disclosing quite a bit of information, actually. (laughs) They are. So to submit the NDA, the company has to, on their own, test the drug that they want to get approved and then submit evidence to the FDA saying that it is safe and effective with all of their research and data showing that and backing it up. And then an OTC or over-the-counter product can go down two different routes. They can do the NDA and submit a bunch of research showing that it's safe, or they can follow what's called a monograph. And the FDA has a monograph laid out with every drug that they have already approved, that they know is safe, they know is effective, and in what quantity. Um and like what strength it can be used in this manufacturing, Uh, that's called their drug formulary. It's got the ingredients, the dosage, the formulation, the proper labeling that the product must have, and their testing parameters. So then if the company who wants to get their over-the-counter product approved follows this monograph, they can market their product prior to FDA approval, but they must still seek the approval.
1: So to sum that up, if you're going for a prescription drug, you have to submit the NDA uh, with your own testing, your own evidence, and then the FDA will hopefully approve it if your evidence is good. For OTC, you could go with the NDA, but you could also go with the monograph route.
0: And you can, on the FDA website, find the history of going back several years of all of the ndas that have been submitted by what companies or what drugs and um look up the information for those
1: right and all of these monographs and you look up you could look up a lot of drugs on the fda and see if they're approved not approved why they got approved why maybe they didn't get approved you can you it's a resource it's a vital resource so if you ever have questions about a drug and you don't want to ask ask your pharmacist. But if you, don't, if you don't want to ask your pharmacist, the FDA is a great resource.
0: But hint, any medication coming out of a pharmacy is FDA approved. <laughs> They're not giving you non-approved medication. All right, so what does having the approval mean for a drug or for the company who makes the drug or for the consumer who wants to know whether the drug being FDA approved actually means anything? Having FDA approval on a drug means that the data of the drug's effect have been reviewed by the center, the the CDER. I don't remember what that stands for. And (laughs) there are a lot of acronyms.
1: There are. The Center for Drug Evaluation and Research.
0: Yes. it, It says that they've approved it, they've looked at the effects, and the drug is determined to both provide benefits that outweigh the known potentials, but also outweigh the potential risks for the intended population. Um, So kind of putting that a little more in context, um, referencing back to the vaccine, it's intended for people 16 and over. That's the population it's approved for currently.
1: So the FDA has concluded that the BioNTech uh, Pfizer COVID vaccine is... The benefits of that vaccine outweigh its known and potential risks for people 16 and older. Not saying I have an opinion on that. Just saying that's what the FDA has said by approving the, the vaccine.
0: Yeah, and some other populations that drugs could be approved for might include uh, being approved for adults, being approved for children, being approved for pregnant women.
1: Geriatric um, patients, things yeah. like that. Oh, um, Okay. So when you go on FDA.gov or you're reading an FDA book or anything like that, what does the FDA offer as resources? So we already kind of touched on this a little bit earlier with the books, but FDA resources, there are databases about development, review, approval, safety, guidance, and other different categories that assist pharmacists and pharmaceutical companies Um, The FDA also spearheads several countrywide projects to help increase drug safety. This includes initiatives on opioids, uh, drug shortages, drug disposal, and other current problems facing the pharmaceutical community. Um, A lot of these initiatives overlap with a lot of smaller local projects, but um, the FDA kind of oversees everything. And that's just in the drug side of the website. You could really go down a rabbit hole for a very, very min- yes. minutia thing on the FDA website and you could really go really deep into a subject in food, drugs, cosmetics, anything that they take care of. But um, just on the drug side, the FDA is such uh, an invaluable place for information and just things that are FDA approved. And the FDA approval is a big deal. So, I'm not going to
0: lie. The FDA has a good website. Their it's, website
1: is really nice. You know, sometimes, It's easy to
0: find things right, on there.
1: Sometimes you run into uh, websites, government or non-government, but a lot of the times government, that are very rudimentary. The FDA website is consumer friendly. And, you know, this is coming from two pharmacy students who kind of know their way or 19 years old who know their way around the internet. But I think with Younger people, with older people, with people who are our age, you know, you could really navigate that website very well. So go look at it. Go give it a little look see. (laughs) If you're interested, go go and give it a little look.
0: All right. So what careers do pharmacists have in the FDA? There are a lot of things that pharmacists can do in general in practice and. There's not a shortage of them for the FDA either.
1: And just like, I think we've covered pharmacy careers in another episode, but um, just like in the general profession of pharmacy, there's more than meets the eye. Um, It's not just, oh, the pharmacist that you see at CVS or in the hospital. There's so many different facets of pharmacy that we could go into that, you know, wear all of these different hats. And that most definitely applies to the FDA.
0: Yes, so as a pharmacist working for the FDA, some of the areas you could get into are compounding, formulation, uh, or preparing uh, bulk medications, research and investigation, advising on drug therapy, There are some positions that involve the evaluation of drug proposals submitted by private companies, so kind of working with those FDAs. FDAs? NDAs. (laughs) Working with the NDAs. (laughs) Being responsible for proper interaction of prescriptions and the dispensing of the products, and advising on significant new drugs and developments in the pharmaceutical, chemical, and medical fields.
1: So a lot of things. You could do a yeah. lot of things in the FDA as a pharmacist.
0: And I shortened a lot of those. They're yeah, they were they're, more in depth.
1: Yeah, they're very long descriptions of some of these jobs. Obviously, every job is different in some way, and every pharmacist is going to have their preferences and their specialties. But um yeah, the FDA is really cool. We kind of talked a, bit, a little bit about like the cosmetics thing, but that's kind of a different subsection. Um You're
0: still just stuck on that. One. I
1: am because I think it would be cool. Um <laughs> What, out of these, what would be, like, the one that most interests you? If you had to go to a career in the FDA, which, uh, which little subsection that we've talked about would be the route for you?
0: Oh, goodness. Um, I feel like I would want to, like, rotate around them. Like, can I just do my appies with the FDA? That would be cool. Like, we'll spend a month compounding.
1: Gosh, but living in D.C., I love D.C. Washington, D.C. is a great place, but I don't think I could ever live there. Um, I think, I you don't know, I think I would be either advising on drug therapy or the research and investigation for new investigational drugs.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see advising for both of us.
1: Right? Because... In pharmacy, I don't want to do the exact same thing every single day. And I think with, like, investigational drugs... I think with the, any of these careers, you would really kind of get a lot of variety in the kind of things that yeah. you would see. But I think investigational drugs would be a very, very interesting side of that.
0: All right. We gave you a really long episode last time.
1: Now we're giving you a little a little shorty. Here's a
0: quicker one. It's information-dense, but...
1: Right. That's all right. Um, we got through it. And if you... Uh, are interested in the FDA, like we kind of already mentioned. If you're really interested in this and this interests you and you want more information, fda.gov. It's a great website, very user friendly. Go we'll give it a look. Yeah, that'll answer almost any of your questions that you could ever have about the FDA.
0: Yeah, you could spend a long time on that website. We did.
1: <laughs> we did. Yeah, so next episode question mark?
0: No clue. No
1: clue. Um, well, you know what? If you have any question, if you're sitting here and you're saying, wow, all of these things that the FDA does, all of these questions that the FDA can answer, I really want to get these answers, but I want to talk to someone about my prescription. Ohio Northern, our university, has a drug information center, and Dr. Karen Keir, one of our professors <laughs> in FIP, is a wealth of knowledge about drug information. So if you call the drug information center with a question about a prescription, it's more than likely that she will be the one answering your question. So give us a call here at Ohio I'm just a little shameless plug for Ohio Northern in our drug information center because it is so cool in there. And uh Dr. Keir, even though I probably disappointed her with my drug information knowledge during this episode, um, she is a wealth of knowledge and she's a really um, so that wraps up our our information for today, though. Is there anything else you want to say?
0: I don't think so. I think that was, I think that was it.
1: Cool. All right.
0: Our cover art was done by Thrice Design Photography and Design. You can go follow them on Instagram at Thrice underscore two underscore design. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at iGiasBowl. That's H-Y-G-I-E-I-A-S-Bowl or email us at iGiasBowl at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes and any other major podcast streaming platform. And if you listen to us on iTunes, give us a rating and review. It makes us easier to find in searches and just helps the show in general.